Hey friends, super excited to have you joining us on this podcast episode. Just wanted to let you know about a really exciting opportunity we have. It's called the homesteadopenhouse.com. It's a virtual open house of people's homesteads from all over the world. Switzerland, Australia, Israel, all over the United States, British Columbia. We've gathered 26 different homesteaders to go through, give us little 15-minute clips of what's working on their homestead. Some of them are doing multiples. Some are doing just one or two. Everything from alternative energy to black soldier flies to gardening and regenerative agriculture, everything in between. Um, would love to have, have you join us. It's the homesteadopenhouse.com. It's just $9 to join. Uh, it starts March 14th through the 17th. We'll have a live Q&A on the 17th. But yeah, join us and uh, enjoy this new episode. Thank you. It's all about meeting yourself where you're at. And I listen to things about how figure competitions are not good for you and all of that. And what I got out of it is people rebound is what they call it. And they gain all the weight back and more. And I was so afraid of that. That's what kept me in not a good place. And I was able to determine from working with my inner little Jess that the control or lack thereof from my childhood. And you, you hear the themes of what happened to me as I walked through my story. You know, I started my period at a young age. I couldn't control what kind of food we had in our house. Kids can't control that. And so me as a middle school counselor, I, I like to teach kids about health and wellness Mm-hmm. and eating nutritious foods. But I'm also like, I have to be mindful of where they're at in their life because they're not buying the groceries. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life Podcast, where we believe that life is a schoolhouse. Totally. We're super dorks with a passion for sharing our love of homeschooling, homesteading, natural health care, plant medicines, natural childbirth, healthy eating, meditation, creative endeavors, overall self-sufficiency for the whole family. Oh, and don't forget self-development and spirituality. Oh, of course. Key players. We hope you'll be inspired to do things you haven't, try things that could make your life better, and mostly we want to encourage you to never stop learning and let your life be a schoolhouse too. I'm super excited to be here today with Jess Gronis of the Jess Gronis Show. She's got a podcast going on and you can check her out at JessGronis.com. We'll come back to that. But I'm really excited. She's going to be talking about a very unique thing that I, it's a, I'm not even going to talk about it yet because I want her to describe it before I butcher it. But I wanted to start at the very beginning. She's very acutely aware of kind of understanding your own personal sort of history and understanding, you know, things that have happened to you and how they impact your life and all of that. And so we're going to talk about that. And I think she's probably going to give us some really great tips that you can use and take into your daily life to help you kind of alleviate maybe some issues that you're dealing with based on experiences that maybe you've had in the past. But Jess, before I go on, I would love to get to know your story, your backstory in terms of just how did you grow up? Were you raised in a really holistic family or were you raised in a kind of traditional family or what did your whole kind of childhood look like? Share with us, please. Oh, I love that question. So, hey, everyone, thank you so much for having me here, Lacey. I'm super excited to hang out with you today. Yes, I'm Jess and I actually... I live in Ohio near Columbus with my husband, Sean, and we have a one-year-old, Adeline.
Celine, baby girl. She just turned one and we have a dog named Hope. And I love to share this. Uh, she's a certified therapy dog. I work full-time as a middle school counselor. And so Hopey gets to go to school with me. She's been having some health issues, but usually she's at school with me. And I love to be able to help people outside of my school counseling job with my business, Jess Gurness Coaching. And so, yes, I'll talk about how that has evolved in so many different ways in the past eight years. But growing up, I was from a very small town. I went to a Catholic school. I graduated with like 70 kids. Wow. My family was so, like, I, when you said holistic, it just cracked me up because <laughs> I, it brought me to eating hamburger helper. Like, that's what I thought of, like our, our dinners. Very holistic. Yeah. Yes. And... <laughs> <laughs> very much boxed foods. Uh, my mom actually recently told me that she would actually, she would make chili and then she would put those elbow macaroni noodles in it. That was our chili. And she would add water to it to make it last longer. And yeah. so there were some tough times with my family. My parents actually got divorced when I was in eighth grade and I had a very, I didn't see my dad for a while. And then we had a very rocky relationship and we currently do not see each other again. And so there's been a lot in my childhood that was extremely difficult, but a lot of many, many blessings and good things to come from that. But overall, I was raised by a mom who had very strong faith and instilled that in me. That's beautiful. It's probably yeah. the most important thing a parent can do, right? I agree. Yes. All right. So you weren't raised holistically. So <laughs> what was your journey like to kind of come to this? I know that you've had some health challenges. What, how did that all, can you give us a timeline? Yeah. Well, I feel like it all, I mean, it could go back to like fourth grade and I'll, I'll fast forward through my life, but well, actually third grade, I started my period. I'm getting real on this. Wow. So I was God. extremely young. Yes. Yeah. How old are and you're like eight in third grade or nine? Uh yeah. Eight probably. Yeah. Eight or nine. Yeah. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so I went to the doctor because it was like, what, what is happening? And so that first told me something's wrong with me, right? Everyone else is small. I was bigger and not like overweight bigger, but I was <laughs> going through puberty yeah. and you know, the fourth grade, I had a nun. Um, so that started in third grade, then fourth grade, I had a nun who was a teacher at the Catholic school. And I remember my mom went and told her, Jessica has a period. So just so she knew, because I would need to go to the bathroom and things. And again, there was that reminder that I was different. I remember in that class, we were playing limbo and I already had a chest and a boy pointed that out to me because like, you know, when I limboed that could hit the bar or the, the stick, whatever it was. And so again, feeling like I'm bigger, I'm different. Do they um, still play limbo in school? Because I feel like maybe a really inappropriate game that I also played in elementary school. So what a funny thing. That is funny. And you know what? No, I've been working in a school for, this is my sixth year. And we, we I've don't never... limbo anymore. Huh? <laughs> maybe that's why, maybe they heard my story. I don't know. <laughs> I was, I was scarred, but really it did, it did affect me because of, you know, when you're self-conscious already about your body. So fast forward to high school. I mean, I could go on and on about like how it was uncomfortable being the only one with my period. And I mean, really like I can confidently say I was the only one, right? <laughs> I, yeah. I, I know that. And so in high school, I actually worked. I worked a lot. I worked 
probably 35 hours a week at the local ice cream store because I had to. I mean, the the prime example of like the chili and needing to make it last for a week because times were tough and we didn't have a surplus of funds to be able to deal with or to, you know, buy even nutritious food, but we wanted to make sure we had food. So working at the Dairy Hut is what it's called. It's still around and I love it. (laughs) I, a lot of that money that I made went towards my gas, towards doing things that I wanted to do with my friends that I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. And even unbeknownst to me at the time, there was some borrowing of money from me and it was returned, but it was from my mom because was single mom in it. And so when I was at work at the Dairy Hut, I could eat whatever I wanted for free. So, you know, I was eating the cookie dough and the ice cream and the marshmallow topping and the shredded chicken. That's that, you know, I, but that's what I would do. Yeah. And so meanwhile, I had friends who were in dance and they all were super fit and tiny and lean. And again, I wasn't overweight per se, but I definitely wasn't in great shape because I wasn't an active student or, you know, an an athlete. And when I went to college, I really became a fan of group fitness and I loved it. I would go to all the group fitness classes. I went to Zumba, I did spin and it got to the point where it got, became a little bit obsessive. So I would do two a days, you know, 6am and 8pm and take a nap and I was all into my fitness pal and eating 1200 calories a day or, or less. Wow. And I didn't care what the calories were. I was, as long as I Same. met my calories, you yeah. know? And so I, I thought that was good. I thought that was healthy. I worked out. And then my senior year, I took this class, I think it was called stress management, which is so funny because <laughs> they had me, they had all of us go get our body fat tested. Oh goodness. Yes. I did that in a nutrition class actually. Yeah. So I walk into the, our, our rec center, which is where I worked out all the time. Like I thought I was, you know, I had it going on. I worked out and they, I swear they grabbed all of my leg, not just my fat, you know, they take the, what are those called? Yeah. Yeah. And I was considered obese after that. So I was five, two and I probably weighed 140 and that was obese according to the calculations. Oh no. So you can imagine what that does to someone who's already, yeah. I mean, from the age of eight, self-conscious about their body. Wow. And yeah. And it's stressful. Is that still how they would measure? Is that kind of like still the scale? I wonder, I don't know. Interesting. And that's, that's actually a beautiful thing that I can say that. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. No, I, I don't... love that you said that because you, you like, I can see your face and you're like, yeah, no, I really don't know. Yeah. And, it, and I'm okay with that. That measurement go because yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. Wow. That, yeah. That's a big word. Obese carries with it a lot of things for a woman, especially, I mean, for men, yeah. it's own thing, but for women, especially at that age. Oh my goodness. Okay. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in the midst of that, I was going through a breakup and it was like a real unhealthy relationship. We were always fighting and, and then I saw other great things happening. So I don't want you to think like my whole story is (laughs) doing it's a thing. At least little things are what add up. So I think exactly the story. So yeah, keep exactly. Yes. So then I went to grad school and I started to be an online coach with a company and was all about measuring my food in these little colored containers. If you know things, you probably know the company and which it was, it's great. Like if that's what works for you and you can truly, if anyone hears anything I say today, I want you to find what works 
works for you and what's going to help you be most healthy in your body and your mind. Because most of the things that I've done have my body seem like it's healthy, but my mind is a disaster because I feel so stressed and obsessed about what I'm eating and when I'm eating it. And so I was doing that. I was working at a bar to pay bills and having my after work shift beer and still like trying to do my other stuff. I just, I was very all over the place. And again, doing as many workouts as I could a day, like doing more than one, if I could, for the sake of, if I'm going to eat this, I need to work out and I had to earn my food. Mm. And that was the cycle I was in. I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling. I think a lot. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way. I mean, I, and I, I, this is not to make anyone feel bad if that is how you're operating right now, but I, I want you to know that's not the way that you have to operate. And it's such a lack mindset, right? Like, it's like, I can't do this, or if I do this, then I can't do this or vice versa. And it, it's just, it's too much. We should just be enjoying our life and not worrying about all of that. And so and enjoying our food right. and enjoying our exercise, right? Like that's a, that's a potential, right? Yes. Yeah. That's possible. That is possible. Like I'm all about after your workout, earn your shower. You don't need to earn your food. <laughs> No, I I love that actually because a lot of times I definitely earn my showers because I don't shower that frequently as compared to, but I will think when I got in the shower, like, oh man, I should be sweaty before I got in here. Exactly. Yes. If you're going to earn anything, earn your shower. Don't be feeling like you have to earn your food by working out because that just puts you in a not fun cycle. So it gets better. I got married to my husband and I decided I was going to do a figure competition. So if you're familiar with those, yeah. I don't I started, like the sounds of it. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> what'd you say? I don't like the sounds of it. I'm going to yes. tell you that right now. <laughs> I know. It, so it was overall a really good experience for the fact of like, it's a bodybuilding competition where you get as lean as you possibly can and as big of muscles as you can. And you have these judges who have a completely like, it's their own personal opinion. I mean, they have protocol, but it's not like any other sport when you play basketball, it's obvious who won because of the score. And this is like like, what you're describing reminds me of like a, an animal show, (laughs) like at the fair, you know, you're like, Oh, what made that bowl so much better than the other bowl? But you know, whatever. <laughs> I love that so much because it. Yes, yeah. So you might as well been at the county fair and like. <laughs> no, well, I'm yes. sorry. If you're into that, it's totally cool. It's just no. That's what the image in my mind is. I'm always like, how do they decide, right? Like I am cracking up because so I strutted my stuff on a stage in a bikini, which yeah. is like not no. I that's not my thing. But I had fun doing that part. It was so much fun. I'm like, I would be on stage and like you do these poses. And so with that came so much disordered eating. And I didn't even know, like, I thought I was fine because I was so tiny and I was so lean and I had the certain size jeans that I never thought I could be in. And I was so proud of it and thought that I just, I was doing great in life. I thought, I was healthy. And it got to the point where my coach who worked, you know, worked me through this and trained me for this competition reached out to me and was like, Jess, I'm worried about you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I am fine. I'm eating my asparagus and my chicken and weighing it and everything's fine. (laughs) And so I, like there's I, a limit to how much asparagus you can eat. <laughs> I'm trying to like imagine eating too much asparagus, but yeah, 
thing. Yeah, she actually, and it's interesting that you brought that, the asparagus up. She told me a story of how she ate so much and it, it doesn't digest well. And she had to have some kind of surgery like that. So it is a thing. There's a lot of fiber and there's a lot mm-hmm. of other things in there that it would be to consume too much for sure mm-hmm. could have an impact. <laughs> yeah. And with how stringy it can be. Yeah. If you, yeah, yeah. Very fibrous. Yeah. Yes. So I I don't know if something specific shifted in my head because like I said, if anyone told me, you know, so I went, I did this competition and it went from, oh my gosh, Jess, you look so good. You, you know, I got all the attention and all the compliments for my body. And I thought I should be coaching everyone this way because they would feel as good as I did because I did. I felt really confident in my body. I felt, I felt good about that. But what they didn't see was the other people saying, oh, don't lose any more weight. It's like, you cannot win. So don't try to win in that game. (laughs) You just, you can't. And so uh, I remember going on a girls weekend with two of my friends and we got Dairy Queen and we're eating our Dairy Queen and my two friends stopped because they were full and they put it in the freezer. Mind you, I was doing this cycle where six days a week I ate perfect. I weighed, measured, did all the things. Mm-hmm. One day I had a cheat meal, which always turned into a cheat day to, to the point where I got sick because I would never normally eat that much food, but yeah. because it was my one day. Trying to get so, of it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, we went hard on cheat meal day, <laughs> cheat meal day. <laughs> but I think seeing them stop eating their ice cream and eating it, the one was like, yeah, I'll eat it tomorrow. And I'm like, but you can't, you can have it tomorrow. I thought I could only have it today. That's how far obsessed, confused I was with my relationship with food. So I did, I started my own personal training business, kind of broke away from that company because I wasn't using it and I didn't feel true to it. You know, like if you're not, and, and I think it takes a strong person to be able to say what used to work doesn't now. Mm. And I think that's normal because what worked before isn't always going to work for us as we grow and we change. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're never going to stay the same. And so being, yes. And being able to evolve into something more positive. And so I started my own personal training business and was, um, it was called fit and faithful is what I called it and loved being able to help people lose weight and get the best results. And I had a business coach who also was a college friend. So that's been really fun working with her Mm -hmm. and she did inner child healing with me. And really, I felt like the, the coaching I got from her was more for me than for my clients, if that makes sense. And I didn't even realize that. And I realized there were so many things from my childhood that still stirring inside of me that I hadn't dealt with. And now granted, I also saw a licensed professional counselor outside of this. And so if anyone is really, if anyone is struggling and wondering where to go, I always would refer to that. If, if you have um, an issue that you need to talk to somebody about to make sure that you're getting the help that you need. I think so, in the world, yeah. most people need something like that. So yes, you need an outlet. You need somebody to talk to for sure. Yeah. And so what I came to the conclusion of was this whole obsession I had with food and my body I mean, I can't tell you how many times I looked in the mirror to see if my stomach from 
one hour to the next got bigger, or if I still had a, a line in my abs and all of those things. And a you lot of it was a line in your abs is saying something. I think that's a really difficult thing for women to ever accomplish. So that's crazy. That's so true. You're right. And it is difficult and it's not healthy. <laughs> typically, typically. So the way I, I was able to achieve that was not a way that you can live forever. And so a, th a thought for people right now is what you're doing right now with your health and wellness and your nutrition and the diet. And I, I use diet as the food you eat, not like the fad diet you're on. Is that something that you can do for the rest of your life? You know, I, because I ask that question a lot, because a lot of times I will see people do like before and afters, you know, and, and promote a product or promote, you know, a new lifestyle change or whatever. And it, that's what I look at. I'm like, you know, that might be great for three months, but then three years from now, am I going to be able to sustain that? It's a really good question. I think mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. And when I was in the thick of it, y'all, I said, yeah, I can. Yeah. I, so, you know, it's all about meeting yourself where you're at. And I listen to things about how figure competitions are not good for you and all of that. And what I got out of it is people rebound is what they call it. And they gain all the weight back and more. Mm -hmm. And I was so afraid of that. Mm -hmm. That's what kept me in not a good place. And I was able to determine from working with my inner little Jess that the control or lack thereof from my childhood and you, you hear the themes of what happened to me as I walked through my story, you know, I started my period at a young age. I couldn't control what kind of food we had in our house. Kids can't control that. And so me as a middle school counselor, I, I like to teach kids about health and wellness mm -hmm. and eating nutritious foods, but I'm also like, I have to be mindful of where they're at in their life because they're not buying the groceries. Mm -hmm. Right. And when my parents got divorced and my dad left and bonehead things that he did. I couldn't control that. I couldn't control the relationship that I didn't have with him. And so when I finally found this figure competition, I was like, this is my key. I can control what goes into my body and how many hours sometimes I work out a day. And that made me feel like I was content and happy because I had that control. But meanwhile, I was pushing all that other stuff that I really needed to deal with down and not taking care of it. All right. So, but you found a way to, to <laughs> shift. So that is very exciting. I love that yes. you to shift. So you said your coach mentioned to you that she was a she or he, he was concerned about your habits and was just noticing some things that maybe were a little, you know, not good. And yes. was that the turning point or what was really the turning point for you? I really, I, I <laughs> The ice cream, the ice cream with my friends was when I was like, oh my gosh, wow. what? And, and there were several things. I mean, my coach in the back of my head, I'm like, mm. and then the ice cream, we went on vacation and really watching the way other people ate and the, the fact that they were able to eat whatever mm -hmm. and stop when they were full, not just keep going because it was their one cheat meal helped me a lot too. And then my husband and I started doing triathlons and trained for a half marathon. And so I just ate differently then. I was more hungry, but working with my business coach and talking about things in my life that had shaped who I was and being able to, instead of controlling my emotions through or ignoring my emotions and just mm -hmm. focusing on my food and my physique and all of that, I learned to be able to recognize 
wow, whatever just happened triggered me. And you know, that feeling like I get it in my chest when I, something comes up and it, it still happens today. This telling this story doesn't mean that I'm all good to go and nothing bothers me ever that I'm a very much worrisome people pleasing per person. And that's just part of who I am. And it's something that I can recognize when I'm in a place where I, I don't want to be, mm -hmm. but I also have stopped when I feel that bad feeling or upset or whatever the emotion is, I, I recognize it. I don't just say, Oh, just stop it. That's stupid. Don't yeah. think about that. Good. I give myself a moment and I'm like, Oh, I don't even need to name it. I, I might even say that's interesting that I'm feeling this way. And big deal to be able to recognize a feeling and, and uproot it a little bit and just be okay with feeling that feeling. And then, and not just like shovel it back down into the, the depths. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So I love the analogy that my graduate school professor, Dr. Neal, he was the most precious older gentleman, Southern accent, because I went to Clemson in South Carolina for grad school. Yes. And he did this analogy with a beach ball. So he said, you know, you have this beach ball and you are the beach ball and you have all of these events and all of these feelings that come from them. And if you have the beach ball and you're pushing it down in water with all the things, the, you know, whatever traumatic event, this, that, that you shove it in the water. Eventually it comes up. Mm -hmm. It's going to come up and it's going to hit you in the face mm -hmm. and it's going to hurt. And you're going to have to deal with it mm -hmm. in a way that you shouldn't have to, if you would just work through it as you go through things. And so that that's something that I really like to think about because sometimes working through stuff, it, it gets harder before it gets better. Yeah. It's sort of like detox, detoxing is, you know, it, have to get that stuff out. <laughs> yes. Might not be pretty for a minute, but you know, on the other side, it's definitely a better place to be. So yeah. 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 And so I, I encourage you to think about your little you <laughs> and when you feel the feelings that you feel mm. all about feeling, I want you to recognize that. And what did that little person need? What did they need? Do they need a hug? Do they need reassurance? Do they need to know that they're not alone? Because you'll see that the things that are affecting you today can relate to that when you were that little person. And I, I just love this work and it's so true. And it's, it's really simple when you accept it. <laughs> so tell me, what do you do with folks? How, what do your services look like? Yeah. So I've transitioned and I still do personal training. So I do one-on-one -on -one coaching and then I'm finish, finishing up a certification with hypnotherapy and I'm, I do Reiki energy healing, uh, life and success coaching. And so I will be helping people in that modality, but the inner child healing, we have workshops that I like to do. And I'm really, I'm at a place where I'm like, I really want to get those on the calendar every month. They are amazing. So I walk you through and we go back and we see your inner child, your little girl or yeah, boy. That. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we go through an exercise like that. So yeah, there are several ways to work with me. My business is in a transition, um, but I do the health and wellness and nutrition as well. And I do it in a way that feels good for you. Not because in the past I was like, well, this is what you should do. And this is what I think's right. right. <laughs> I want it to be very collaborative in what we do. Oh, I love it. And with that broad, you have a very broad kind of experience. And so you're just going to bring all of that to the table. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 
Okay. So it's funny because I was reading, I have this book that I found at a thrift store just right at the new year. And it's like a, a kind of a journal. It's called, oh, I forget now the name. It's like simple abundance is maybe the name of it. And she's just helping, you know, like it's a daily journal and it just has some ideas about things that you can do. And, and literally today's assignment was to find a picture of you at age 10 and bring it out and start thinking about, you know, what did you want when you were 10? You know, what was your style when you were 10? Because a lot of times the transition from time between 10, and I venture to say it was eight more for you, but 10 to adulthood, you start really questioning who are you and what thinking about what other people think about you more. And, and when you go back to these earlier days, you can kind of get back to that place before you were translating all of that and bringing that on. So yes. I just think it's interesting how this is all kind of overlapping. Whoa, that's so cool right? Whoa, that's right. Pull out your, pull out your 10 year old picture, find that 10 year old picture and spend some time with it. And I've thought that before, you know, like I think about myself as this awkward kind of chubby 10 year old girl who thought that she had these fabulous hairstyle ideas for picture day. I mean, just really terrible things going on. And at the same time, I wasn't inhibited. Like I sometimes maybe I'm now. Right. So, but anyway, I love discovering and thinking about that and then releasing some of those things too, because you know, that fourth grade boy who told me I was too chubby is like, where is he now? Right. And does it matter? <laughs> anyway. Right. And, and when you are that 10 year old girl, and this is something I'm reminded of every single day at my job as a school counselor, mm. that is the biggest deal to them right now, you know, <laughs> and being able to be okay with that for sure. But yeah, I would love to hear from people and what they were doing as a 10 year old and how it might relate to who they are now. Yeah. Okay. So lastly, what's one little thing you do as a regular part of your routine to just keep you feeling your healthiest and, you know, in all the ways, physically, mentally, all of the things. Oh man. One. I'm like, I feel like I do a lot, which is really good. Something that I just learned. So I, I went and visited a naturopathic doctor in Nashville and we went to her farm and like helped her do chores. It was, yeah. Yeah. Dr. Tanda Cook's her name often. We'll have to talk about that, but um, she told us to do hydrotherapy, which sounds like it's so fancy, Mm -hmm. but you literally turn on cold water at the end of your shower. Mm -hmm. Is this, have you heard of this? Well, there's some things like that. I've, a lot of people talk about this, like Tony Robbins, for example, he jumps in a cold, he has at all of his homes, a cold pool that he jumps like 52 degrees or something ridiculous and jumps in them every day. But yeah, then there's like Wim Hof, who is, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's a crazy cold freezing man that goes into anyways. Yeah. It's a whole kind of technique, but this is the simplest way to do it. So tell more, tell us more. Yeah. I mean, that's it at the end your shower, you turn on the cold water and you don't have to have it freezing, but just enough. And it can be as long as you can handle it. And honestly, on the days that I forget, you know, you get out of the shower, I'm like, dang it, I didn't do my hydrotherapy. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of reminds me of shock therapy a little bit, but, but yeah, no, I think it's really smart and I have done it a little bit, but I have to say, I usually only do it in the summertime. I know it's been rough in these winter months. <laughs> it's cold enough, right? So it's like natural hydrotherapy, but anyway, yeah. um, I love it. That's a simple thing that I think is, it's a way to just kind of trigger your immune system. And I mean, there's all kinds of benefits. So, yes. Well, thank you so much, Jess. I'm really excited for people to kind of connect with you from yeah. your website, jessgronis.com. You can go there and you can also find her podcast links and everything. And we will of course put all of that in the show notes and, and everywhere to try to make that easier for you. But if you're just listening in the car, Jess, 
Jess Gronus is pretty easy to remember and it's spelled just like you would think it would be. So Jess, thank you so much for being on this call with us. It's been real fun chatting with you. Thank you. <laughs> Have a great one. Before you go, thank you so much for listening today. I did want to let you know about some things that we have going on. So first, we have a few events happening at the farm in the schoolhouse or around the schoolhouse that I wanted to make sure you were aware of. Um, first upcoming on March 7th, we are inviting folks out to do a mushroom log workshop. And we would love for you to join us for that. We're going to be plugging mushroom logs. Each person who registers gets two, one with reishi, one with shiitake. We're really, really excited to spend this time together outside and um, just be getting our hands dirty and, and everybody gets to take these logs home and start growing mushrooms on their own homestead. Uh, we also have forest school coming up for families and that'll be on the third Thursday of every month in the morning at 10.30. Um, we would love to invite you out to that. All of these are available on our website if you want to check out our website and find the links. And then lastly, I just wanted to remind you that the Academy will include all of these things. So if you sign up for the Schoolhouse Academy, which Drew mentioned at the beginning of our call today, um, we will include these or at a discount, the, the fees for these and the um, or discount for any of our events at the Schoolhouse. Um, and lastly, even if you're not close by, this is something that you can participate in as the Homestead Open House is coming up in March. And we couldn't be more excited about this. And uh, it's just going to be a really great opportunity for people people to see what other folks have going on and learn new things that they can incorporate into their own systems and just maximize their efforts. So uh, another thing that will be included if you're a member of the academy or of the flock, but um, watch for registration information to come down the pipeline and we can't wait to share um, the amazing and incredible farmers that are signed up and ready to bring you their best.